Realms of Peril and Glory will begin after these short messages. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story. Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. We'd like to thank our patrons, Tony, Noah, and Max Breyer for their support in making this series possible. If you'd like to join them and get exclusive shows, ad-free listening, and even more, then head on over to patreon.com slash lightandtragic. Welcome back to Realms of Peril and Glory. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Zachary Fortescom, and I will be your game master today. Joining me is James Barbarossa. Hello there, I'm James Barbarossa, and I'll be playing all the NPCs, or at least the ones that Zach uh, thinks are important enough to actually have a voice that he doesn't want to just improv on the spot. And of course, playing with us is Laura Gerling. Hello, I'm Laura Gerling, and I will be playing level three high elf bard Meredith Wimber. Of course, we also have Elizabeth Campbell. Hello, I will be playing Sergeant Zongroff Gralshak, the orc rogue and member of the Harbor Guard. Not to mention Pitt Gladwin. Bless my jug, dog priest. It's your boy. <laughs> I don't think that was even an on-air bit. That it wasn't even now. an on-air bit. I don't care. <laughs> but I will be, uh... you did use that as your, like... Hello thing last time, I think. Yep. I mean, it's a thing now. No yeah. one will ever know why, but that's oh. a Pip's thing. Okay. Uh, and I will be playing Tor Brennan, the third level paladin and blade of Valorous, also dwarf. <laughs> and finally, we are also here with Maddie Sorrow. Hello, I am playing Isadora Ravenwood, the level three half dark elf necromancer. Woo! Spooky. Woo! 
So we, as always, we are playing a game called 13th Age, which is a D20 TTRPG designed by Rob Heinsu, who is the lead designer on D&D 4th Edition, and Jonathan Tweet, one of the designers of D&D 3rd Edition. It's, of course, published by Pelgrane Press, and if you want to check out the game system, there is a link in the podcast description. So, last time, you all set off into a vault deep underneath Athril, the Academy of the Arcane. You encountered your own reflections, and you managed to come out without a scratch on you. For the most part. Uh, we won't name names. Uh... (laughs) You entered into the dark unknown and encountered harrowing scenarios. Each of you faced a different challenge. Some were presented with their greatest fears, other with their greatest regrets, and some with moments of their past that they could choose to do differently. Ultimately, you all emerged victorious and were each rewarded. Meredith received a book detailing the secrets of the Elvish Secret Service. Zongroff received a magnifying glass that could reveal magical effects. Isadora received an ornate purple jeweled necklace and a banned book about prophecy. While those were all true prizes, the real reward was the reason you all entered the vault in the first place. Torbrennan was gifted with what might be his most valued possession. The Ways of Valor, complete and unharmed. In a rush of light and sound, you were all returned to the subterranean hallways of Athril. You guys ready to go? Yeah. Yeah. Ready to go. All right. Let's get into it. You all exit out of the front entrance of Athril and see the twinkling lights of street lamps. Though it only felt as though you were in the vault for an hour or so, maybe two at most. Mm, Seems that several hours have stretched by and it now appears to be the middle of the night. Okay. That's the whole day gone, isn't it? Yeah, I had things to do. Oh. Uh, well, uh, at least we have some very useful um, artifacts and information that we can peruse. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good point. Well made. I'm going to um, just find a, a nice quiet spot and um, do a bit of reading, I think. Um, Best of luck, um, <laughs> and I'll see you later. Uh, but bye. Don't you? Do you not need a study buddy? I was going to say, should we like have a little study group? Um, I mean, it's night time, and I'd love to go back to the library at night time um, <laughs> to see my old friend, the night oh, librarian, no. and uh, do some reading of the um, secrets of um, face growth. I can't think of a better place to do a bit of reading than a library. I mean, you guys all got books. Um, I mean, some of us didn't get a book, which... It's okay, uh, you can share mine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's, you know... I mean, I can read. I don't know what yeah. the mirror hall is. 
I don't I like mean, that mirror hole. You've got that magnifying <laughs> glass for like extra reading, haven't you? So that's like reading, but double. This yeah. is, this is, you know, uh, a book I need to look at very urgently, but I'm, I'm sorry, Zongroff. You're disappointed that your present wasn't a book. I, I just, I just, I mean, I don't want to say that. You have a magic I, magnifying I glass. It's not what? that the mirrors are judging me. It's just that I feel it's, you know what? Let's just draw a line. Let's just draw a big line. Do you line think the under... mirrors think you can't read? <laughs> the, the mirrors think that Zongroff can't read. <laughs> I tell you the mirrors have formed a strong judgment about Zongroff's intelligence based on our performance in it. Everyone else got a book. <laughs> it's a very old world mentality about orcs. <laughs> yeah. I'm it's gonna an ancient vault. Look, I'm going to put my <laughs> hand on Zongroff's shoulder, look her in the eye and kind of go, you know what? Don't let a piece of glass make judgments about you. You know that you are a strong and intelligent woman and you've got this, okay? No matter what the mirror said about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that you're perpetuating this idea that the mirrors <laughs> judged her. <laughs> yes, that is not lost on Zongroff. No, I, I mean those those were uh, those are some weird mirrors. I mean, I'm not saying they didn't judge you. Like those mirrors were bitches. Um... <laughs> it, it might not be the canon, but it is your emotion. It is a yeah. canon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, this is this is cool. Look at the, yeah. I hold up my magnifying glass. Look, all the tiny things can be real big. <laughs> Are you looking through the magnifying glass? You know, yeah, I will look through my magnifying glass. What do glass. you want to look at? I'm just going to kind of whip around and hold it up and just see if anything jumps out, really. Just out, kind of out just, at the city. Just playing with my new toy, yeah. Like, look through my, look at my friends, look at the look at your street friends? lamps. I don't know. You want to look all, at your friends? All you see is that someone has carved into the glass of the magnifying glass. Learn to read, you dumb old. <laughs> <laughs> Signed the mirror. <laughs> uh, roll me a perception check, please. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, I'll actually, roll me an advantage because of the magnifying glass. Hmm. <laughs> I've rolled so badly, even with advantage. <laughs> um, oh, no. Like, 11? <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, you kind of look out around the city and, uh, you just spot, like, some auras of kind of magical energy coming off of, you know, certain buildings that, like, Athril's a very, like, hugely magical. You see auras around it. Uh, you spot, uh, Isidore's necklace has a bit of magical energy on it. Uh, yeah. Mm. Shiny. Well, I've um, satisfactorily explored the toy that I've been given. Uh, shall we go do a book club? Yeah, let's go do a book yeah. club. Um, <sighs> I, I don't want to quash the night librarian plan, but also I feel like um, I haven't really explored the Church of Ros library yet, and it might be useful to go there. Um, but we can always like drop in on the night librarian on the way or something. I mean, I will say it is the middle of the night. Uh, and I, I, I don't think the Church of Ra's library is open. Ah, fair play. It's not like, it's not like the Athra library where it's literally got 
a night librarian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, that's uh, It's not like a night librarian's union. And they no, all funnily enough, there's no like. I wasn't yeah. emotionally prepared to play the night librarian today, but now I see it was inevitable. You're, you're railroading us to the night librarian, then, Zach. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. It was your plan all along. Cool, 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 cool. I'm very happy to oblige. Let's go. <laughs> I need you to know, I need you to know, I did not prep the night librarian for this session, which is the only way I ever want the night librarian to come up. Yeah, yeah. Your, your foolishness that Damn you didn't it. assume that'd be the first place we would go. Uh, yeah, you guys walk into the vast chamber of knowledge that is the Athril Library. Uh, rows and rows of books and... Um, Yes, Meredith, at the far end of the counter where normally Madame Trowell sits, you see the uh, dark elf that is the night librarian. I'm going to just give him a little, like, nod as I go in. She just scowls back. Right, so everyone is sitting down and is doing some research. Uh, Zongroff. Yes. What do you want to be doing while they're reading their books? Um, let me check my little. A play um, with my toy. <laughs> yeah, I mean mostly, yes. Yeah, look at the uh, night librarian. What is she hiding? Is this is this um Okay, I know the Langfords are a very prominent New Harbor yeah. family. Would there mm -hmm. be any like information on their family here? Ooh, um no is an okay. You answer. could certainly you could certainly look up uh the history of New Harbor City and see if there's any uh reference to the Langfords in that. Yeah, you know what, I'll do that. I mean, most of the things that I'm keen for answers, I feel, you know, all the people that got the book gifts. Um <laughs> <laughs> are going to be working on so I feel like I feel like when Zongrov actually utilizes this uh this a magnifying glass to like great effect she's she she's going to be like but it's still not a book yeah <laughs> I mean uh, I might just never use it again on principle <laughs> <laughs> okay okay that's fine <laughs> wasn't necessary I will I will give you the sacred text of my order <laughs> if it will shut you up <laughs> So I'm going to go and take out, like, the kind of children's guide to New Harbor <laughs> with the big pictures. <laughs> Sorry, read that. I want everyone to please make me uh, an intelligence check for you, Tor Brennan, at advantage and with your Blade of Valorous background. Isadora, you can, of course, use your student background. Uh, still an intelligence check. Um, we're not going to do this at advantage, though. Meredith, likewise, not at advantage, but you may use an appropriate background. Excellent. What background are you going to use? Um, I might be using my runaway background because I feel like that's good for, you know. Can you tell me how that's appropriate? It's street smarts. <laughs> Which notoriously goes with textbook reading. Hey, how about I use from the Elven Dominion? Maybe that's that a better might be one more for, helpful. You know, reading. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> that somehow <laughs> might be more helpful. You may, of course, use your guard backgrounds on Graf. Um, I would actually propose, even though it's lower, I have a New Harbor Citizen background, which I feel is more appropriate here. Happy for you to use that. I got a 26. 26. Dirty 20 for Tor Brennan. Woof, nice stuff. I got a 9. Cool. <laughs> I got a 16. Not worse than the class. I'm just putting that up there. <laughs> okay. 
We're going to start with Meredith. Let's have a look over here. What do we have? Here's a question for you. Are yeah. you attempting to decode Tavin's notebook at the same time? Yes. Okay. So, Meredith, you open the secrets of the face Mm -hmm. This anonymous book claims to know the secrets of the Elvish Secret Service. The opening paragraph explains that the face have worked in the shadows for centuries, if not millennia. Their origins are naturally unknown, but they were formed before the Dominion itself. It is an Elvish tradition of secrets that dates back to the dawn of the elven race. They are a natural byproduct of the paranoia that runs through elvish society. Elves consider themselves to be the dominant species of Vale, and those in power have always feared that somehow, at some time, the end of the elves would arrive. The Facegrith were meant to seek out those who would do the elvish people harm and eliminate the threat before it became a threat. What you can determine is that Tavin must have been a member of the Facegrith, but he mustn't have been for long. You were at school with him only a few years ago. He must be a relatively new recruit to the service. With another pang of realization, you understand that in some way your father's must be affiliated with the Facegrith. You remember Tavin's very befuddled words, your father's looking for you. You turn further into the book and you even see the spell that Tavin used to hypnotize you. You think you could learn a basic version of this spell if you gave yourself enough practice. Oh, nice. Yep. Finally, you turn to the page that contains the Facegrith cipher mm-hmm. and notice the symbols that you found in Tavin's notebook. It looks dense and incredibly complex. This is going to take you a lot of effort to decode, but you think that if you work hard enough, you could do it. Now, what I'm talking to you about in metagame here yeah. is you've rolled a nine. Mm-hmm. I have just given you all of the information that comes as standard with this book, no matter what you roll. Okay. What you are rolling now is your ability to decode this notebook. Fab. Um, before I do that, who's the book written by and when was it written? It is an anonymous book. Anonymous? It is not Ooh. dated. I mean, if you've written a book about, book about if you've written a book about the Elvis Secret Service, you don't really want it to be attributed to you, do you? Well, I don't know. I didn't know if it was some like famous like traitor of the Elven. No, it is specifically an anonymous book. It is no author. Fab. So you start decoding, but it is slow going. Okay. You struggle to break into the more densely packed symbols. You make a wrong turn and start to translate the coding correctly, but you realize your mistake before you sink too much time into it and you go back on your work. This is the most reading you have done since you left school and you are struggling to train your brain to get back into it. See, last class I skipped on was code breaking, wasn't it? So this is pretty ironic that this is what I'm having to do right now. After like an hour or so of work, uh, and this is kind of how long we're generally talking. You guys are sinking a couple hours into this. So we're going to head into the early hours of the morning. Uh, So after a couple hours of this... um, 
you do make some progress. Mm-hmm. You have decoded one of the sections. Okay. You see that it's logging the replacement of the forged death certificate for Felicity Taylor. Oh, okay. It also says that Tavin was replacing a birth certificate. Okay. So, sorry, they were replacing a forged death certificate. Felicity they were Taylor's... placing in a forged death certificate for Felicity Taylor. Placing one in. Okay, fine. Placing one in and replacing a birth certificate and return the original to Felicity. Oh, okay. He doesn't say the name of the person whose birth certificate he replaced, and he doesn't state why. He speaks about Felicity as if she were a superior, someone he received orders from, someone he reported to. Okay, sorry. So replacing a birth certificate with another birth certificate, is that? Yes, and placing a forged death certificate. Okay, fab. Yeah. Also, yes. the whole time I'm doing all of this decoding into the early hours, I am humming quite loudly. Excuse me. Oh, hey, how's things? Things are terrible. There is an impudent stranger humming loudly uh, in my library. Yeah, it's really annoying when people do that, isn't it? Like, I hate when, like, people are making noises and you're like, can I just, can you just be quiet? Because I'm really trying to focus on something. So what are you focusing on? I am focusing on maintaining the quiet balance of the library. And you're doing a really great job, you know? Like, it's quite nice and quiet in here. Like, it feels quite peaceful. But it does have quite good acoustics in here, I reckon. Um, I think I might get my violin out in a bit. Viola, and sorry. I will be doing an even better job by extraditing you via the upstairs window if you do not keep your humming internal. Are the rest of us just like ignoring this conversation? Just Yeah, I think the rest of you kind of turn from your reading. I was going to say, I think Tobredin just kind of turns to Zongroff and uh, uh, do, do you want to or shall I? Uh, I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> About humming, throwing somebody out of an upstairs window sounds like I, a threat of violence <laughs> to me. I assume that was figurative. Can I hear this conversation? Uh, yeah, you're all sad at a table. Are you guys not enjoying my humming? Um, I think it's very nice, but also I think that I'd enjoy it better in a different setting. I'm going to take myself to another table and research alone. Well, hold on (laughs) now. I cannot help but notice that these are outside books. Yeah. Brought my own, didn't I? Let me take a look at this. No, it's not for your eyes, sorry. The ways of... No, don't actually look at mine. Look away. Turn your eyes away from our books. These two books are highly prohibited. This book on the Elvish Secret Service, I can only assume, is literally illegal. No, I'm actually covering it up, so, um... Uh, well, actually, It's we, funny, um, did you want, uh, 
just if you're looking for an opinion on what is or isn't illegal, I say, I think I kind of lean back in my chair to show off the seal of the harbor guard on my chest. <laughs> Roll me a charisma chat. No, not my forte, Zach. Come on. <laughs> That's a natural one. Oh, no. Within these walls, officer, <laughs> I am the law. Let's do this. Roll fucking initiative. Yeah, no, yeah. But, but, you will be silent or you will be removed. I am very sorry. I will, I'm just going to read quietly right here. I'm so sorry. Where has this rule about not being allowed to bring outside books into the library come from? Because, like, I always and thought libraries were a place for learning where you could bring your own books and bring your own learning along and do your own learning My in library the library. You don't bring sandwiches, studying you can bring books. of students, which I notice three of you are not. I'm a student of the world. You are I study not a the things around me. Athril Library. I mean, Athril Library is part of the world, so we're technically uh, actually. I am so suck it. If you do not be silenced, you will be removed. Am I understood? We will be very silent. I'm so sorry for disturbing your lovely library. No, don't apologize, Zungraf. There's nothing to apologize for. Like, <laughs> I put my finger on your lips. She is the law here. <laughs> Young lady, if you are done with your reading, perhaps you could wait for your friends Practice the viola, yeah. Wait for your friends elsewhere. I'm sorry, it's, it's the middle of the night. Are you just gonna, like, kick a teenage girl out to, like, stand outside alone in the middle of the night? No, absolutely not, because... <laughs> She yeah. will, of course, have an escort. Uh, Meredith, and I'll just cock my elbow to you. <gasps> but I've just got more learning I want to do. Okay, fine. go. Oh, and I'll go, but, like, I'm not happy about it. L Laura, roll me a wisdom check for Meredith. A wisdom check? Yes! Okay. 23. If you shut up, she'll leave you alone! <laughs> I know, but I'm not going to be silenced. <laughs> not in a library. I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask all of you to leave. No, no, oh, they were being really quiet and really good, actually. Meredith, um, if you step outside with Tor Brennan yeah, now, you can I'm, probably I'm, get I'm out I'm going to leave, situation. but these guys need to stay here because they've been so well behaved this whole time and they haven't even drawn in any of the books. Everything that Mer everything that Meredith is saying right now is 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 has a slight Doppler effect to it <laughs> as she is dragged by me <laughs> towards <laughs> the doors, dragged away by you. <laughs> uh, Tor Brennan, you find yourself kind of sat on steps next to a sulking Meredith reading the most precious book in the world. It's always killing my vibe. <laughs> I just look at Isadora as it's just the two of us in the library, just be like. I mean, I was just tagging along. I don't really need to be reading. It's good of both of you to follow the rules. <laughs> yeah, I'm so um, sorry. I'll be very quiet. <laughs> We're going to go back to these uh, checks, if that's okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> it's fine. Go it's play your character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Zongroff, uh, before... The, the everything was uh, upheaved by Meredith uh, breaking mm -hmm. the rules so yeah. brazenly. You are reading the Beginner's Guide to yep. New Harbor uh, and um, you pick up a few tidbits about the city that you 
uh, didn't know previously. Of course, the things you knew already. The village of New Harbor was founded in the early years of the era of panic. Uh, the era of panic was the period of time after the Undying War with the Undying King, and it was founded by uh, soldiers from the Undying War who returned to a site of one of their great battles. Um, can you tell me what that role was again that you got? 16. 16, okay. Um, and they formed this village on the shores. And after kind of centuries of this era of panic, you know, anti-magic and stuff, the city bloomed into this fantastic kind of trading hub thanks to uh, kind of agreements between the Elven Dominion and the Commonwealth Empire, formerly the Human Empire. And it became one of the most multicultural cities in the world because of all the trading that happened. You know, people of all different races needed to be in this city to allow it to be facilitated. Um, it is known in the world, it is the shiny, shiny city that even sometimes outshines the capital, right? The capital sometimes looks a bit drab and dull compared to New Harbor, city of light. It's a city on the grow. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, you spot, though, something that's a bit abnormal. You knew most of this stuff already. Um, you spot something that you, as a citizen of New Harbor, had not previously seen, which is this. The villagers who originally founded the city were all members of a battalion that fought in the Undying War. They returned to this site to guard the land. You don't know what they were guarding, but you know that the original area that the village was formed of is now known as Old Harbor. And you know that the building you're in, Athril, straddles the line between Old Harbor and the Ivy Lanes. That is what you find. Um, our last vision yes. had a catastrophe centered. Was it in Old Harbor? It was centered in the Ivy Lanes. This is going to exonerate me of necromantic <laughs> badness. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, you said Ath Athril was half in uh, Old Harbor and half, or is in the border. Um, Old it is on the border between Old Harbor and the Ivy Lanes. Okay. Um, that is what you find with a 16. We are going to move over. Remind me what you rolled, uh, Pip. Uh, dirty 20 for Phil Brennan. <sighs> Incredible stuff. Uh, we're going to move over to. Isadora first, simply because, you know, you want to finish big. So you crack open this book, The Guide to Prophecy, written by Esmeralda Sturgis. As you crack open the book, you see that it is so old that the country that it was published in, the human empire, no longer exists. More than a millennia ago, it was supplanted by the Imperial Commonwealth. The book puts forward the idea that there is a magical essence that runs through everything on Vale called twine. The book envisages threads of twine connecting everything together in an enormous web. 
The book posits that magic can be used to connect a mind to the twine. Seers used mind-altering substances and conjuration vessels to connect themselves to the twine. This gave them the ability to engage in visions of possible futures. They foresaw pregnancies, marriages, deaths, and more. Isadora, as you read this over, you think that this book could hold the key to connecting to and understanding the visions that you're seeing. The book lays out a step-by-step -step guide of how to perform a connection ritual. You need a conjuration vessel, a mind-altering substance, and an arcane focus. You think that between the Vasimagia, as well as the nightcap mushrooms that Professor Irog gave you, yeah. you have enough components to perform the ritual for two of you but you're short in arcane focus. You're not 100% sure where you can find one of those. Okay. If you want, sorry, was there a question? No, 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 yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just enjoying. <laughs> if you wanted to bring more people along with you, you would need, of course, to find the conjuration vessel, but also a source of more mushrooms, as well as cast a daily spell into the Vasimagia per additional person up to a maximum of five. Um, could a Wimvir wit enough of that count as a mind-altering substance? <laughs> Just put, putting that we out there. Will, uh, we will have a think okay. about that in a little bit. Uh, so you rolled a 26? Yes. Is that right? That is. Okay. Let's do this. You also notice that the book mentions that the journey into the twine can be incredibly dangerous and beings dwell within the twine. Nomadic beings that the book referred to as angels. Servants of the gods, these angels are not sentient beings. They are made of energy emitted by the gods and respond to damage in the twine. They respond negatively to foreign bodies and most seers never had trouble with them because they were merely looking for a short glimpse into the future. Nothing too serious. They were mostly left alone. But when a seer would attempt to venture further, foresee too far, stretch the limits of their power, the angels would attack. Many of those seers who encountered these angels and survived emerged different people than they were previously forever changed by the trauma that they suffered. And that is what you get from a guide to prophecy. Okay. Cool. A lot of lore. This isn't even my book, but what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is, this is some trippy Yeesh. shit. Yeah. <laughs> stick it looking at old maps. Oh. Jeez. <laughs> You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. 
And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. We are going to move outside. Meredith is kind of sulking in a corner after being kicked out. First, before we do anything, what does it feel like when you hold this book for you? What does that mean to Tor Brennan? I think... The Ways of Valor have always been a um, something that was sort of more passed passed on from from the other members of the Blades than really from the text themselves. I think Elias probably showed some of them to him at some point, um, but it was you know it was it was never a book. It was a it was a book once, long time ago, but they're all gone, and you know now it's just this you know lovely kind of oral tradition that we that we kind of pass on to each other and just try and go out and do some good. Um, so to be holding the actual book and to have all of those blanks that were previously filled in by, you know, faith, I guess, to a certain extent, mm. and and by assumption, um, to have what is likely the answer to all of those blank spaces in, in, in his hands is actually quite... Uh, I think quite frightening in in a way, but but exciting. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm just pondering something for a moment. Um, I'm going to give you the piece of text, not for a dirty 20, but for a nat 20, because I think Tor Brennan deserves this. <laughs> He's been a good boy all year. <laughs> he has. You begin to delve into the pages and you are slightly overwhelmed at some of the differences in this book. While many of the stories are the same, and by and large, this book is suggesting a similar message that the Blades believe, there are some key contextual differences that make this book stand apart from the near-destroyed copy of the book that you and the rest of the Blades have read. As you begin reading, you start with the introduction and you realize that this book was written by Braun Orion, who describes themselves as a repentant friend in the dedication to Valorous. You immediately realize that this book 
is written by Braun the Quick, or later, Braun the Betrayer. There had always been some assumption that this book was captured from an amalgamation of stories of tales weaved in the collective consciousness of Valesians, but the truth is that this is in many ways a factual, historical record, at least in the eyes of the author. Valerys was real, and the things she did happened. So you crack open the book a little further, and we're going to be here for a little while, guys. <laughs> so sorry, but I think this is important for you guys. Let's start with the first story, Elias of Duresia. Up to this point, you had approximately read about 20% of this story. That's all that remained. The story told a tale of an old man who dwells deep within the Duresian jungle. Within the nooks and crannies of his hut contains the evils of the world. Yourself and the Blades had originally assumed that this was a creation myth leading to the creation of the god Valorous to rise and defend the world from the evils that accidentally escaped the hut. What you realize in this moment is that this is not a story about Valorous at all. It is written from a perspective of reconstructing stories passed down through the mouths of many. This is perhaps the only story in this book truly constructed of myth. It tells the story of the assistant to Elias of Derisia, whose name was Peril. When the horrors of the world escaped the hut, he was touched by a grand being, a god called Dor. It depicted a vision that clutched the heart of Peril. It showed him the horrors that these darknesses would inflict, things that could be if a balance was not struck. Dor, god of life, and their child Feyril, god of light, channeled their power through peril. Peril became an idol. We've touched on this. A person touched by the gods, a person chosen to maintain the balance in the world, a hand placed on the scales by the gods to bring light when darkness flowed through the world. Peril became the first hero. We then move to the next story, The Ways of Valor. You know this story. It is the classic tale. Valorous travels across Vale and recruits her blades. What you didn't have was the opening of the story. In the opening, a young farmhand called Maya is visited by those same visions of horrors across Vale. Things that she knew could be if someone did not intervene. Maya felt the overwhelming need to help those she could. She knows not how, but she knows she must. Up to this point, Maya was nothing but a farmhand who loved her wife. She lived a simple life. She says to her wife, Parim, that she was chosen, that she must heed the call. She knows she can be the light. She can be that for the world. 
She journeys away from her village and after her first encounter alone on the road, defending a group of travelers from bandits, a child thanks her and gives her a new name. The child says that every hero needs a heroic name and he bestows her with the name Valorous. From there, the story continues much as you know it. Valorous travels across Vale, recruiting followers who will follow her and help her defend the innocent. The real ground-shaking stuff comes in the story, the treachery of Braun. Where you were certain that Braun was struck down by the other blades after murdering Valorous, after she discovered that he was serving a lich. The truth of the story is that Braun had received word that his wife back home had died of a sickness spreading through the village. He was convinced to serve the lich in return for the resurrection of his wife. He had never intended any ill will towards the Blades of Valorous, but acted in his own interests first. When the Lich ordered Braun to kill Valorous, he refused. But after constant pressure from the Lich, late at night he snuck to Valorous's bedside, dagger clutched in his hand, but he dropped the dagger, unable to commit the foul act. It was only after explaining what had happened to Valorous that the phylactery that the Lich gave Braun activated, and the Lich consumed the life from Valorous, killing her on the spot. Though the Blades ultimately defeated the Lich, they were never the same. Lost without Valorous. Ultimately, Braun was never killed. And the Blades forgave Braun, believing that Valorous would have wanted them to show compassion and forgiveness. In the final story, The Waves of Lorca, the Blades hear stories of a new hero who rose with visions of destruction that they needed to vanquish. They began to venture across Vale in search of this hero, believing it to be a reincarnation of Valorous. During that venture, they sail across the sea and encounter monsters, great dangers, and eventually the incredible Captain Lorca. Captain Lorca saw visions of the sea and held powers of the sea. He told the Blades that he was given visions by the gods. He told them that he served the sea and maintained the balance of life within. But Lorca was no god. Lorca was but a man. He was fallible, much the same as the rest of them were. On this journey, the Blades realized that much like Lorca, Valorous had been no god. She had been given nothing but the foresight to act. The true heroism that was Valorous was not from the gods. It was from the woman that she was, the strength that she had, and the courage she gave each of them. They realized that Valorous was within each of them. They held her bravery, her honesty, and her compassion. 
When they departed from the vessel, they did not seek out the next hero. They realized it was their duty to carry on the legacy of Valorous and be the heroes that they needed. And thus, the true blades of Valorous were born. And that is what you discover reading The Ways of Valor. Thank you. That was a very long speech from me. Uh, and I do apologize, but I do think that there was a lot of <laughs> stuff in there uh, that that would be nice for you guys to have. You've each uh, read your text, and I presume you meet one another outside the library? Yeah. Yes, yeah, seeing as Meredith can't come back in. I mean, I could try and come back, come back well, in. Let's meet outside. That's, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I don't want to go in anywhere. So yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, right. Um, everyone had a good reading party. It smelled weird in there anyway. I didn't even want to be in there. Until Brennan has clearly been crying. Oh! <laughs> uh, he's not making a huge effort to hide it, but yeah. he's yeah. His, his eyes are red. Um. Hey, Isadora's just gonna place a hand on his shoulder very gently, and yeah. Zongroff is glad that glad that Isadora is taking the initiative. Meredith feels a bit awkward about the tears and just sort of, yeah, gently like pats him on the shoulder and then sort of like looks in the library door just to sort of see what the night librarian's doing and sort of <laughs> be distracted by something else because she's not. Um, did you enjoy your book, Tor Brennan? Uh, yes, yes. Um... Just a lot to, you know, take in all at once. Um, but no, th thank you for your, for your, for your concern. Um, uh, just, you know, um, just a lot to think about. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I could go into it, but I kind of feel like I maybe need to process it. Yeah, no, you yeah. first. Um, if anyone else would like to have a read, um, I know you are interested in going through it, Isadora. I mean, I, I'm happy to tell you what I've read, but maybe you would enjoy. Um, or Zongroff, I know you've been dying for a book. Uh, <laughs> can I? Can I actually uh, very respectfully take the book? Um, but just a second, I just want to look at it. Do we know when this was written? Uh. You can do, you do a quick check and the publication date does appear to be uh, ancient. There, it, it does appear genuine. I don't, you don't need I mean, to roll I mean, it certainly predates the Undying King. It certainly does. I'll close it. I'm very <laughs> glad you found your book tour, Brennan. Let's keep this safe. Yes, um, and hidden. Um, yes. You know, what with it being, you know, illegal and all that. So perhaps uh, you could take it as evidence or something. <laughs> I take one out, one of those plastic bags that's just got the, like, thing on it. Just I just mean if any of us get caught <laughs> carrying it, you maybe yeah. have the best alibi. 
No, we'll, um... Yes, I... Keep this safe. I would like a... Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. I would like a chance to... Chance to read it at some point, but yeah, I agree. It's probably best if Zongroff keeps a hold of it. Maybe I, I visit it on occasion. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just ask quickly, do... Has Isadora said that Felicity's her mum? Like, yes. Do I know that? Okay. How we am had I a gonna like in the crime library? Yeah. How am I gonna sensitively like bring up that actually maybe she's not dead? We we, we, we already, already know that. that. Okay, cool, cool. cool. Yeah. We had a moment in the crime library. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where was I? <laughs> I think you were in the well, crime I library in the room. That, yeah. <laughs> But I don't know that she's Pro somehow involved with the Elvish Secret yeah. Service. That's something I don't know. I think I think you were getting Pine Silver super high on Windbear Whips. Yeah. I think is maybe what you were doing at that <laughs> yeah. point. I was, maybe that was a bit That could be any time for Brennan. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, well, cool. This is, um, has been an enlightening uh, evening. Um, I'm going to uh, head... Uh, back and get a little sleep. I feel like I need to get um, hmm. some distance from today before we, uh, you know, fully um, work out what, what, what we're going to do next. Uh, obviously, if, if, if you were all, you know, if you're all staying up and planning, then, you know, let me know what the plan is in the morning. But um, I, I, yeah, I, I need to, um, I need to sleep on this. I, I think that's a wise choice for me to Brennan. Um, again, same time, same as last time you guys were up very late. If you guys are, you guys are more than welcome to burn the candle at both ends, but you will find that things get progressively more difficult for you as you do. Yeah. Uh, so I will, I will say it is early hours of the morning, one or two. To Brennan, you may head home. The rest of you, would you also like to head home or are we doing something I'm else? I'm going to head home. Yeah, same. I'm not opposed to heading home. I'm increasingly worried about this vision that we had that we've kind of... It's been busy, okay? It's been very busy. Um, like, were there any hints from it when... Like, was it day? Was it night? Was it... Did I recognize the street? I'm just trying to recall specifics here. Um, Isadora, have you shared what you learned with the others? From the, from the prophecy book? Yes. Not yet. Zongruff, you don't know any specifics about when. You know where. You know it's in the Ivy Lanes. You know it happens in the Ivy Lanes. Okay. You don't know the who? Well, you have some ideas mm. about the who. You have some ideas about the what. You don't know the when. You don't know the why. But you know the where. I'm just trying to think if I should... Get a guard detail in the area? Something like that, but mm -hmm. I don't know how to explain to them that, you know. Yeah, no, I, you know what? This is more important. Um, yeah, I think before I turn in, I'd like to put in a call to, to Justice Hall and see if I can get just like a patrol 
in the area just in case. Okay. Uh, yeah, you... Um, you actually... I'm so sorry to do this to you, but you yep. have asked for this. <laughs> uh, you've asked to pull out your speaking stone. Your speaking stone is dead. Oh. You may find a way to charge it right now. Uh, but there, uh, it looks as though you exhausted the battery in the in the um, in the dungeon in the mirror. Um, if you want to find a way to charge it right now, you absolutely can. Uh, but there is something there. He's not just railroading you; he's put it in his notes. Yeah, I do have a Vazimagio which can power things. I will happily allow you to uh, use your magic to power the phone if you'd like. <laughs> right, I think he says oh, Steve Zongroff pull out her speaking stone. Ah, oh, damn it, it's... Um, I'm gonna need to recharge. Um, oh, um, I still have the Vazimagia that we got in the clock tower. I can use that to charge it, I think? Roll me a... If you want to do that, roll me uh, your spellcasting uh, mod whatever i think it's intelligence for you yes. uh, it's going to be an easy dc dc 10 okay this isn't going to blow up or something right that's uh, cocked um hopefully not uh um that's 12 um perfect uh yeah uh, isadora kind of waves her hand and expends i'm going to say about uh half of the energy in the vasmagia you may now only take one person into the uh, if you are performing that ritual, you now only have energy for one person. Uh, but half of the spell energy into your uh, speaking stone, and it powers on. Thanks. Zongroff. Yeah. 400 missed calls. You do see that you have a message uh, from your mother. Uh, reminding you again uh, to, to, if you're yeah. bringing someone, please Dietary let her know yeah. uh, to dinner. Dinner is is the day after tomorrow. And also be sure to go out tomorrow and vote for Vil Scrat. Uh, even if you know, you know, she said this, you don't live in her constituency. Yes. No, electoral fraud mother. That, no. It's, yeah. You also see that you have several missed calls from Pine Silver. Of course. Um, do I have like a, a yeah. voicemail? Like, can I can I listen to them, or is it? Do I need to call them back? Yes, you have a voicemail. Cool. Uh, you hit play on the voicemail. Do you play this out loud for everyone? I mean, if they're still around. Um, yeah, I'm still around because I was just gonna like share what I learned in the book before I went. Uh, Tor Brennan, are you still around? You no, may go. I think you I'm may stick go. to the decision and have just gone. You guys, if you're carrying on, you're okay. carrying on. I got a, I've got a vague thing about something I might want to do before I actually go to bed, but it involves going back to where I'm staying first. So, Sweet. absolutely. Okay. Uh, you hit play, and the first message begins. Oh, hey there, Sergeant. It's Pine uh, Constable Silver. Sorry. <laughs> Hope you're doing all right. Um, I've been very productive today uh, after that coffee. Um, properly wound up, you know. Anyways, yeah, I just actually wanted to let you know that I actually was able to put through uh, an absolutely unfathomable amount of paperwork on that Tarvin guy we've got in custody. Let me tell you, 
he's not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, I don't care what high elvish bastard comes in here. <laughs> Ain't no way he's getting past the paperwork. Uh, thanks for trusting me with that, Sergeant. Just, um, you know, let me know if there's anything else you need. Um, just kind of sat around Justice Hall, you know, waiting. Um, you know, I could go home. Probably not, but might do. Anyways, um, I'll check in later, Sergeant. Maybe we can um, go, go to the um, to the pub or something. Stupid. Uh, sorry. And the phone hangs up, and it immediately rolls over into the next message. Hey, uh, Zongroff, it's uh, Pine Silver again. Constable Silver. Sorry. Um, hope you're uh, not doing too bad. Uh, I've not got much on, so actually I've decided to head over to that. Um, that Tinker's Toil shop in the factory lanes. Yeah, you know, the one that I um, that, that came up in the research that I, I did. Uh, I figured it, it might be like, you know, a lead or something. You know, anyway, um, let me know if you want to come with uh, and I, I can uh, meet you there. Uh, maybe we could uh, hang out uh, or something afterwards. Sorry. The next message queues up and you can hear Silver is outdoors somewhere in the city later in the evening. Hey, Sergeant, I uh, hope you're good. Um, it's me, Pine, again, uh, just following up. I, uh, yeah, I'm at Tunker's Toil, and I've not heard back from you. Um, I just wanted to mention that this might, this might be a good lead. Uh, they, they've got a, a security uh, camera outside this place. Uh, might have some valuable information. Uh, there is an, also a nice pub uh, across the street, so it might be a good place to, you know, exchange uh, theories over a nice cold glass of ale, you know, t- t- together. Yeah. Anyway, um, let me know uh, if you get this. Constable Silver, I mean, sorry, Constable Silver. The final message from Silver queues up next, and you can hear that it's later at night, and Silver is clearly still wide awake from all the coffee Meredith gave him. Zongros, you're not going to believe this. It's Pine Silver again, Constable Silver again. Um... Uh, sorry, I have got news. Um, so I spoke with this real nice uh, dwarf lady who, who runs Tinker's Toil, and she showed me their security footage, and you're never going to guess who's on that footage over and over again. Yeah, Leo, R- Leo Rapscallion, right? Uh, uh, get that. Keeps showing up with this same bird folk, right? Owner says his name is Sael, uh, but it's S-A-O-L, which is, you know, um, confusing, but that's what it is. Uh, funny thing is, right, I think they know one of the shop's engineers, right? See him coming in and out uh, all the time. Uh, it's this other gnome, right, uh, named uh, Emma DiMartino. Uh, she wasn't in today, but she's in tomorrow. Sergeant, I reckon there's something going on here. You know, let's... Look, I know I ask all the time, but let's grab a coffee in the morning, yeah, and... Uh, Silver goes quiet for a moment, but you can still hear the line is open. He seems to be looking at something. Uh, hang on there a moment, Sergeant. Um, excuse me there, Miss. Uh, miss, are you um, are you Miss Emma DiMartino? Hey, excuse me. Whoa, whoa. Hey, back off there. No. Hang on, hang on. Look out! There's a rustle on the other end of the line, and then a huge blast of magical energy that erupts. You hear Pine Silver cry out in pain. Ah! And then the line goes dead. There are no more messages 
and no more missed calls. Good job, Meredith. Your coffee made him think he was a real police officer. (laughs) (laughs) Hurtful, actually. (laughs) I have a badge in everything. I've showed my dad. (laughs) He doesn't anymore. (sighs) Oh, no. Um, uh, I, I immediately try and call his speaking stone. Yeah, you uh, you ring and just boop, boop, dead. Um, okay, I, um, uh, I, I call Justice Hall. Um. Yeah, uh, and Elf picks up the line, uh, just standard police officer. Uh, hello there, yeah. Um, uh, hi, uh, this hello. is uh, Sergeant Grauschak. Have you heard from Constable Silver uh, this evening? Uh, no, no, uh, Constable Silver, no, I don't believe that, uh, I don't believe there's been a check-in with him recently, though, you know, um, often isn't much information, uh, on his end, we, we tend to just sort of let him, um, let him manage things. Uh, right, okay, I, look, I have reason to believe that he's gone to a place called Tinker's Toil, and I think might, something might have happened, I'm gonna go over there immediately, if, if I don't report in, in, an hour, please send more people. Oh, uh, okay, Sergeant. Yes, I'll, 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 I will make a note of that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to hang up. I need to go, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're booking it. That, and that is more than fair. Um, Isadora and Meredith, what are you two up to? Are you going along? Um, yeah, I think... Um, I think Isadora will have like put the Bazimajia away and like started to go back towards her dorm, but then heard Zongroff going like, oh no, and then like rushed back to yeah. see what was happening. Yeah, like as much as Meredith did want to go to bed, um, she can't help but feel partly responsible for giving Pine Silver all of that coffee. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I think yeah. she's gonna, yeah, wanna tag along. Uh, I, I mean, look, like, I. This is this is my fault. I should have. Uh, you don't have to come. I mean, no. Like he wouldn't have been up that late if I hadn't given him so much coffee. So I feel like it, I feel like it's my responsibility um, and my duty as a barista to come along. And we've all had like a really big day, and I don't want you just going on your own. I I know that Meredith and I are civilians and all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh no i think it's imp- it's important that we come i would appreciate the backup i don't i just don't know how much i can tell the rest of the guard right now i just yeah i'd, I'd appreciate it i think zongroff does remember what tor brennan has, has said to her a couple times about kind of needing to keep the group in in the loop and um as as i think that i think i kind of hold this new the charge speaking zone and i like should i message tor brennan and i saw how upset he was um i don't have a phone he also doesn't have a phone oh no of course i am your phone 
Yep. Scratch that then. Yeah, never mind. We rush off. <laughs> Mistakes have been made today. <laughs> <laughs> you gun it to the factory lanes. You run over the bridge that over the river Shral to the factory lanes and you come across the cobbled streets where you see the sign of Tinker's Toil, the O of Toil being this orb shape. And you see that the shop is completely shuttered. But you see a little security cam pointed at the top. You don't see anyone around. But roll me a perception check. Is that a natural? Yeah, that's a natural one. Oh, God. 24. Oof. Thank goodness. 11. Meredith, you uh, you just get really distracted by the shape of the cobblestones, and you think maybe Pine Silver has been transfigured into a cobblestone. It's ridiculous. How do they do that? I hate when they do that. Uh, Zongraf and Zadora, you both pick up immediately this, like, magical scent. Something really powerful has happened pretty recently, within a couple of hours in this area. Some kind of explosion. Bang! No one's around, though. It's very late at night, so there's no witnesses of anything that's happened here. But you can see, if you look just near the alleyway, down where, near Tinker's Toil, there are burn marks around the wall. But no one is there. Um, I scrabble through my clothes to get out the magnifying glass. Ha 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 Yep. Oh! Oh, yeah, you are. Who needs a goddamn okay. book now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I'm just going to give it to you with that perception check. Right. You see that a very custom-seeming kind of spell has erupted here. Uh, two distinct spells. Oh, fuck. One is magic missile. Roll me a wiz. No. Yeah, roll me a wisdom check, please. With your guard background. Okay, with my guard. Yeah. Uh, 13. Oh, no, with my guard. Sorry. Uh, 18. Oh, much yeah. better. Yeah. I've got a lot of guard. Hmm. You recognize that the spell is almost exactly the same spell as what Isadora just cast to charge your speaking stone, but in reverse. You can intuit that Pine Silver has been placed inside a Vasa <laughs> Magia. It's, don't go Pokemon. You can also intuit this. The same thing happened to Lydia Periwinkle. But she's dead. So does that mean it's, Pine Silver's physical body is somewhere, but his energy is in an orb? You could reasonably deduce that. I mean, yes. I don't know why I'm deducing this. I'm still looking at the cobblestones, but... So, I mean, I know I'm not there, sorry, but yeah. hypothetically speaking, does that mean Lydia Periwinkle could still be alive? That does mean Lydia, per Lydia Periwinkle could hypothetically still be alive. 
I mean, her body's done. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yikes. I don't know if... It's, I assume she's been buried. Like... You do notice, actually, Zongroff, one more spell has been cast. It is an incendiary spell. What's that? As in maybe somebody was getting rid of the body? As in maybe someone was getting rid of the body. Sorry, what's an incendiary spell? Fire. Fire? Oh. Explosion. Like cremating. Well, they've, sucked, oh. they've sucked his essence out and then burned his body. No. Oh, oh um, wow. Zongroff just stares and just kind of just wilts a bit with disappointment. I mean, it's just... We're going to move over now to Tor Brennan. Tor Brennan, as you are walking uh, back to Langford Manor, you feel a sudden weight in your pocket and you pull something out and you see a gold coin. Uh, it is embossed with the symbol of Athril. A large A covered in vines and sparks. And you feel that coin thrum with a magical power. And this coin will allow you. And later on, when you're less distracted, each of you will also receive one of these. This coin will allow you to bend luck twice. That means you can choose to use one of your luck points at the time of your choosing and re-roll one of your dice. You get two luck points, two rerolls. You arrive at Langford Manor. You make your way past the grand gated entrance and through the reception hall, and finally uh, make your way down the staff stairway uh, and to your small room. Uh, what? What? You said you had something in mind. Yeah. Um. So. Been staying in in Langford Manor for roughly how long? You've been in this city for three months. Cool. Okay. Um, what I wanna know is, and I'm happy to make a sort of uh, in the past kind of role for this because I wouldn't necessarily mm. have been looking out for it before. In terms of the the layout of Langford Manor, mm-hmm. Like, what are we talking in terms of servants, guards, that kind of thing? Because I, from what I'm assuming is that we've been like designated an area of the of the manor. Yeah, you have kind of this like basement area where the servants are. There's a butler. Uh, there's a couple of servants. So, uh, I think you've guessed what I want to have a little snoop around because we have reason to not trust this woman. You want to have a snoop around? I kind of do a little bit. And I think I might have to go back to my room first and take all my armor off and then I would like you back to go back to your room Fully nude. first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we will okay. do that. We will do that. As I as I come through the sort of if if do we pass through any of the main areas to get to to the sort of basementy bit? Uh, I believe yes, you do pass through the main areas, yeah. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna try and just keep my eyes as casually open as possible to see what the kind of servant guard presence ratio is, at least as far as I can see. You are the only guards present 
as in the Blades of Valorous are the only guards present. It is the early hours of the morning. The servants are unlikely to be up at this time. You head to your room, and to your surprise, you find Aaron is sat on your bed. Uh, halfling they are. They, they, uh, they are the only Blade of Valorous who, who comes anywhere close to being your height. Uh, and even they are a few inches taller than you. Um, but they look up at you in surprise. Oh, uh, Tor Brennan, um, hello. Aaron. Oh. Hi. Uh, hi. Uh, huh. Can I help you? Yes, do you ever walk into a, a, a room and then forget why you came in? Um, I suppose so, although I, I imagine the times when I have done that, I've, I've tried to very much make it look like I meant to. Um, right. Should, should I try and make it look like I meant to? Sure. What's going on? I, I don't know. I think I wanted to talk to you about something. I just can't quite remember what it is. Um, I'm sorry. This is very. This is terribly strange. I suppose I've, I've just been. I don't know. I've been feeling un, uneasy lately. Um, and I've been forgetting things. Um, I just can't. I'm sorry. This is terribly strange. Um, how, how are you doing? Are you, are you doing all right? Uh, yes, not too bad. Um, bit of a rough day, but um, oh yeah, anything to do with something to do with the case? Oh, the case, you know. Um, uh, just yeah, you know, getting uh, getting uh, down and dirty in the streets with the law. You know, it's uh, not quite what we're uh, no, yes, of course, used to. Um, yes, no. Uh, decent scrap the other night. You might have seen the uh, report in the papers. Re oh yes, I remember. Fought, uh, an, fought an ogre, knocked out an, uh, an orc. Good. Pretty uh, good stuff. Mind controlled he was. Revived him right afterwards. As a really? oh, very proud of it that. It sounds um, very dramatic. I thought so. I thought mm. so. Perhaps not name worthy, but um, no. you know we're on the way. Um, Oh, well, I'm sure you'll get. I'm sure uh, men, not many more like that, and, and you'll have uh, uh, earned yourself the uh, the finest of um, nomenclature. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. Um, are you sure you're feeling all right? Yes. No, I'm okay. Sorry, is it late? I think I've lost track uh, of time. It is, yes. It's, oh, gosh, must be nearly three. Um, three? Goodness. Yes. Um, I apologise. Um, um, no, no, no. But look, there's there's enough there's enough oddness going on in in, yes. uh, in and around the city at the moment. I, I, I what do you? So you you remember wanting to speak to me? Yes. What's the last thing you remember before I walked in the door just now? I remember. Croc wanted to see you. Right. Hmm. Okay. Uh, do you think he's up? Well, um... No, you I, know what? Even if he isn't, uh, that's fine. I don't think he'd pay me the same courtesy. No, perhaps not. Um, I'm sure he would wake you if um, if he had literally any reason uh, to do so. Um, yes, uh, to check if I was sleeping, I'd imagine. As of being yes, His perhaps. usual uh, uh, tricks. Has he done that before? Oh, yes. Checked yes. if you were sleeping. By waking me up, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Generally, when uh, we're on the road, you know, after a hard day's, you know, riding and walking, he, 
Very funny every time. I do remember back in the day that one time he came in, I think it was about three in the morning, and he woke you up to remind you that you were supposed to be asleep. Mm. <laughs> yes. yes. No, I vividly, vividly. Yes. Um, uh, what can I say? The man is a born comedian. Um, yes. Well, I suppose it's worth um, going and, um, I mean, you can wake him up at your own peril, um, but he is rather, uh, you know, he's not a fan of you at the best of times. Whether or not you no. see that as a good reason to wake him up or, or a bad one, um, I'll let you infer. It's been a tough day, and whilst, you know, filling a bucket with water, going to his room and emptying it over his head does, <laughs> oh, mm. you know, uh, of course, so we wish Meredith was here. She'd have a good idea. But, um, <laughs> no, we... Um, you could always say you thought his head was on fire. Yes. I, you, yes. I, was, I was just reminding him he needed to take a bath. I'm not good at this. This is... No, no, no. no it doesn't no, come naturally no. to you, does it? It doesn't. It no. doesn't. Um, I'm going to leave it, I think. If he wants to speak to me, he can come and speak to me. Um, and you're sure you're okay? Just, oh well, I just do, do you have blind spots like this often? No, no. I think I just sort of came in here because um, I thought you might be in to let you know that um, Croc is looking for you. But um, you know, I suppose it is. It is very much three in the morning, so I'm not sure I have an, an explanation for that. Um, hmm. Personally. Um. Just out of just to to matter yeah, slightly matter. for a moment. Um, uh, that's that, that's definitely that's a thing, right? That wasn't like a oh, I missed a bit of script or something. This this roll is me odd. This is definitely a odd. wisdom check, please. <laughs> okay, now I'm just yeah. Checking. Roll me a wisdom I'm, I'm, check to see if you can determine my out of character James's <laughs> like motivations behind his voice acting choices. <laughs> you know what, Joe Brennan? You can roll either charisma. Or wisdom, whichever is higher. I mean, <laughs> charisma, I have a plus six. So, you know. All right. Uh, Wait, you have a plus six in charisma? Fifteen? I do have a plus six. What do you mean you have a plus six <laughs> He's in charisma? A paladin. A plus they get their power from charisma. I'm a paladin. That moustache? Have you ever had a conversation with me? Um, <laughs> it's a fifteen. Did you add a background? Uh, I didn't because I didn't really feel any of them were... Well, you're having an engagement with the Blade of Valorous. All right, cool. Uh, uh, sorry, my maths is... Cut this out. <laughs> 19. Oh, and um, does Thor Brandon's Blades of Valorous background have the plus one as well? Because he's read the book now. Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. So a Ooh, filthy 20. Plus five, dirty 20. <laughs> it does. Thank you for Everything I'm doing that. is deliberate, Thor Brandon. Everything that James has said is deliberate. Aaron seems out of whack. Very much so. I think before Aaron leaves, I'm, I'm just going to... I don't have any magical detection abilities. I don't have anything like that. I think um, when when Aaron kind of stands up to, to head back to, to their room, I'll, I'll stand up and, and just... Put, put my uh, well, put my hands up on on their on their shoulders, just lifting a bit, and I'm going to use my last uh, lay on hands. I know it's a healing thing, but maybe they've been damaged. I don't know. I'm going to hundred yeah, percent 
to use my last lay on hands for the day. Aaron is very appreciative of having received the health. Yes, thank you. Um, I have been feeling... It's like, uh, it's tension, you know? It's tension. I would say it was caffeine withdrawals, mm. but I, I don't um, drink coffee, so... <laughs> Unlike well, can't be caffeine withdrawal then, can it? Yes, um, no. But no, tension, um, so that's a killer. Um, mm. You've got to look to that. Um, I find uh, deep breathing exercises to be quite useful. Yes. Um, so, you know, uh, take a walk. Uh, you know, change your environment. No, we can get very... You know, I think after that, after talking to you, I, I do... F I, f I feel I might, well, turn in for the night. Um, mm. I'm feeling a lot less tense now. Thank you. Um, no, you're welcome. I hope, I'm, I hope things weren't... Uh, too rough of a day for you. Ah, uh, just uh, some some real uh, some real thinkers to uh, to, to ponder. Um, but uh, no, we'll crack the case soon enough, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, um, now that my head's a little bit clearer, um, I did see Croc's light is still on in his room, or at least was about an hour and a half ago. It could go either way, but um, might spur your movement somewhat. All right. Well, thank you. Um, get some sleep, Aaron. Yes, thank you. Aaron does return to their room and closes the door, and a couple moments later, the candlelight flickers out. Uh, you can't hear anything from within. What are you doing, Tobrennan? I, I'm guessing we're all sleeping in rooms that are relatively close to each other. Yes, you are. Uh, is is there still a light on in Croc's room? Absolutely, there is. Yeah. Cool. I will. I will. This is. I, I will go over and knock on the door. You see, there is some candlelight under Croc's door, and you knock on the door very politely. Yes. Croc, it's uh, Tor Brennan. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tor Brennan. Come in. Aaron said you wanted to see me. I do. Come in and sit down. Yeah. You uh, open the door and you see, yeah, you see Croc sat kind of arms crossed in a chair, not in his bed. Bed's made, not been in the bed. Just uh, arms crossed, looking grouchy. I have been waiting for you to Brennan. Ominous. Hmm. <laughs> Tor Brennan, an executive decision has been made. You are being removed from the case tomorrow. Hmm. Right. Not enough. Uh, not enough leads. Not enough uh, progress made, or something. Your your leads have not. Uh, I haven't read over your leads. Uh, look, th this decision has been made after much deliberation um, between uh, the higher-ups. Uh, and um, as of tomorrow, you will be assigned to guard the manor. You will be expected to remain here. Understood, understood. So straight down from the top then, this? Yes. Langford herself, eh? I didn't say Langford herself. I said that a decision. Oh, so an Elias. 
Elias has decided I should be an taken off the case. Executive decision has been. Look, these are the decisions that have been made. You are undermining my authority on this one, Thor Brennan. The fact of the matter is. Uh, Langford does not uh, want the name of the necromancer to be uh, associated with her campaign. And we have, or I have, we have decided uh, as um, executive uh, uh, to... You're being pulled from the case, Tor Brennan. I don't know how much clearer I have to make this for oh, you. made it extremely clear. I'm just trying to ascertain exactly where this has come from. But no, you've been very forthcoming. And congratulations on the promotion, by the way. Um, gosh. Well. In charge at last, eh, Croc? Decisions were made. Do you not trust the decisions of the higher-ups? Is that it? Want to go on, go it alone, eh? You're not a, a team player anymore, Tor Brennan? Is this it? I have been a team player since the day I joined the Blades, Croc. You know that very well. Yes, well, it didn't end up saving any of them, did it? We are people down. We are Blades down, Thor Brennan. And yet, what has been done? Hmm? Langford believes that our efforts must be focused on the election, not on the disappearances. And so the decision has been made that you will help to guard the manor. Understood. Crystal clear. Thank you so much for the update. Good. The rest of the blades are required to help guard Miss Langford tomorrow. Rose has been consulted about this. We are in agreement. There is no negotiation on this one. Understood. Thank you for uh, being so forthcoming, uh, eventually. Well, now you are here, I suppose I can sleep, finally. Have you been waiting up for me? Yes, I have been waiting up for you. I thought this was... I thought this was important information, Tor Brennan, and I thought that you might wish to hear it, lest you find tomorrow that you wake up and fresh orders are, are laid out on your bedspread while the rest of us are out guarding Mrs. Langford. And deeply, deeply considerate of you, thank you. Um, next time, maybe, you know, write it down, put it under a door, and then go to bed. Uh, Good night, Croc. Uh, you depart Croc's room. Croc uh, looks... He does not look like a man relieved. No. No, I didn't get that vibe at all. Uh, Torbrand's going to do two things. Three things. Before he goes to sleep. Uh, he is going to sit at his desk and write a short letter addressed to uh, Elias the Forthright. Sir, these are strange times indeed that we find ourselves in, and though it pains me to place worry on shoulders that bear more than enough, I fear I must do just that. 
Something is afoot in this city. A terrible danger looms, and I believe I have a part to play in preventing it. I cannot, however, do this in the employ of Moira Langford, a woman whose motives I no longer trust. So, I must disobey direct orders and abandon my post. Knowing full well the penalty, earning a name means nothing if I do not do the right thing. I hope one day I can explain all this to you, sir. But until then, I am once again as you found me. Your humble servant, Torbrennan Crag. He's going to fold it up. He's going to pack his necessary belongings in a bag. And he's going to leave Langford Manor and find somewhere to sleep, like in the street, as far away from it as possible. And I, I will slide that note under Elias's door when I leave. You slide the letter under the door. You grab your things. And you leave Langford Manor. Perhaps for the last time. Where will Tor Brennan go? And what has happened to Pine Silver? Find out next time in Realms of Peril and Glory. We'll see you then. Bye, guys. The drama. Bye. The drama. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't foresee that. Everyone, can you let me know where people can find you, starting with you, Pip? Yes, uh, simply look behind any good DM screen and you'll find me there. Um, or alternatively, uh, I can be heard in uh, various podcasts, including uh, The Orphans, uh, With Light Tragic, uh, Wooden Overcoats, and The Wonderful Victoriosity, uh, among others. Uh, James, where are you found? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Barbarosaphone if you'd like. Um, but you can also listen to The Orphans, which is, you know, uh, as uh, Pip has already uh, suggested, Zach and my other podcast. Um, it's a sci-fi audio drama. Um, it's a lot of fun. You should check it out. Liz, where can people find you? Um, hi, yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at LizXCampbell. Uh, and uh, in terms of podcasts, I uh, also work on a show called Victoriosity, which is a comedy mystery detective series set in an alternate Victorian London. Fantastic. Laura, where can people find you? Same as always. You can find me on socials with the handle at ByLauraGurling and on Etsy at ByLauraGurling.etsy Fantastic. Maddie, where are you? I am on Twitter at Maddie underscore abstract. My pinned tweet is a link to my Podchaser profile with all the various things that I do, including my distinguished role as COP1 in the prologue of Primordial Deep. So enjoy that. Incredible. I didn't know you were in uh, in Primordial Deep. 
So there we go. Yeah, I'm also At- Atalanta, the receptionist in the epilogues. So fun times. Amazing. Uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at ZachFG. That's Z-A-C-K-F-G. Uh, and you can follow Realms of Peril and Glory at Realms Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, you can head on over to patreon.com slash light and tragic, uh, which is the absolute best way to support the show. You can get behind the scenes content, production updates, uh, exclusive shows, exclusive games. Uh, there's going to be a lot of additional shows, GM's Guide to Veil, that sort of stuff. Uh, and of course, you can check out the link in the podcast description uh, for our merch store, where there's a lot of really cool new Veil merch launching as the series progresses. Uh, thank you very much, guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.